Hello, and this is John Usry with Origin Gates Podcast Wisdom's Echo, and just wanted to uh, connect up with y'all and uh, tell you happy February and uh, share a little bit of something on my heart that um, I think I hopefully that uh, will be useful by way of remembrance. And um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and uh, the struggle of not feeling at ease with oneself or out of sorts or things aren't lining up and as a people or as a group of people discovering the mysteries and secrets of Yahweh and um, I've been hearing a lot lately about um, people trying to make sure their energy system is balanced or their their um, broadcasting the right light out of themselves or um, a lot of interesting things and all of those are true concepts I mean obviously angelic and the Aleph Bet the living beings they all create energy systems they energy moves things and does things and that's all very good but what I find us getting into is we lose the basics of the gospel it says in Romans 8 1 there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Um, the interesting part is people are kind of in a little distress and chaos sometimes, and sin has an interesting way of affecting people's lives. So we can engage with the, uh, the works of the flesh and find ourselves in turmoil, chaotic, not you know, maybe you railed against a brother, or maybe you lied, stole, cheated, whatever it is. Um, and, and, you know, to be fair, something could be happening, it could be subtle, a habit pattern, something ingrained in a life that um, is not uh, even really known or observed, but you just feel like you operate in a place of incongruency. And I love that word, and that's probably the title of what this podcast would be, but the incongruency in our lives. You know, when you're incongruent, what that means is something you say and preach and practice, or what you say in your life, doesn't line up with the activity or action or sense of a thing on the inside of you. That's kind of what incongruency is. It's critical that we begin to line up with our belief system by our actions and our words and our deeds. It's the only place you're going to find a place of peace and shalom. Um, being incongruent, uh, like I said in Romans 8.1, it says there's therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're operating from a place of faith. If you, the whole, one of the main purposes of sin, to remember this, is to separate you from faith and, the, and the, the place of functioning that. And it says in the Word that without faith it's impossible to please God. If sin can get you to stay in a place of condemnation, it works your emotion, it works your uh, way of function, and you don't operate from a place of faith. And then you're divided. There's an enmity in you so that shalom and peace can't find residency in you. You can't function and operate like you were designed to as a mature son. So it's critical that you respond quickly, differently, um, than just muddling in this place of condemnation. 
And some people think they have to do a penance thing or a long-term drawn-out thing. There's process for disengaging with habit patterns or disengaging with areas of sin and iniquity. That's, that's for sure. But when you do something, you blow it, you do something, quickly turn your vision back. Repent means to turn and look differently. Look at a different place. Too many people sit there focusing on, oh, I'm going to use my self-will, my willpower to not do this thing or not do that thing or, or be sure I engage this. And they're so focused on looking at the problem, they don't immediately turn and look at a thing. Um, the, the interesting part of that is this. Uh, it can happen. You can be set free, put in a place of righteousness and right standing, immediately you don't have to um, sit there and pay penance to get uh, something accomplished the definition that um, of congruency or incongruency nonverbal behavior contradicts a person's words, the state of condition of not being in agreement or in accord, in accord or, uh, uh, you know, the way of a thing not being in that state of congruency. You know, it's interesting. When um, the disciples met together in the upper room, it says they were all in one accord. It's not just about the group of them being in one accord. It was that. But it's also, are you in congruency in one accord on the inside of you? Do your words and life match up to your profession of what you're saying? And it was critical. And there's probably some that was kept out of that room because there had to be a unity in the heart and soul of the individuals and then as a group for Yeshua to release from heaven back into earth, Ruach HaKodesh, to be able to take up residency in the people. And so, um, very critical process. The best way you can re-engage properly after falling into a place of incongruency, working the works of the flesh, uh, and sin could be anything. You could cheat on your taxes, you could have sexual sin, you could, uh, like I said, rail against a brother or sister, um, critical, um, Whatever, I mean, it comes in many fashion, shapes, and forms. And the key is this. Turn immediately. Go through the veil of his flesh and turn in through into the administration of the blood of Yeshua and let it cleanse and wash you white as snow. Um, there was a man back in the 1700s, William Cowper, and he wrote a hymn um, called There's a Fountain Filled with Blood. And in 1771... He wrote this after going through a state of depression and despair. And when you look at the timeless hymns that seem to just transcend seasons and years and decades, even centuries, those hymns were typically written from an encounter or an engagement looking through into the heavenly realm. He talked about seeing the fountain filled with the blood and the result of the cleansing power of that and the peace the shalom that comes when you wash yourself in that place. The point is this. If 
you can be kept in a state of despair, despondency, uh, self-beating yourself up because of what you did. That doesn't do you a bit of good. Turning quickly and say, Yeshua, I come to you. And you stand before the court and say, Father, judge me according to the accuser. And I thank you. I come into agreement with it. And let the blood cleanse me, wash me, make me whole. Let me stand in this place of righteousness with shalom and peace, edifying and building me up. Do that quickly. Respond quickly. Don't stay in a state of despair. You're not good to anybody or anything if you do. The only way your upper waters and lower waters are going to match up so the kingdom of God can land on the inside of if you're walking in a place of peace and congruency on the inside of yourself. Set your life in such a place where there's not internal arguments and disarray going on because there's enough of that in the outside world. You don't need that war going on in the inside of you. Get cleansed. Remember the basics of the foundation of your salvation, that it's the blood of Yeshua. Every Gentile believer in Yeshua has to access through the blood, has to access through the process of the cleansing power of forgiveness. And remember this, the blood cleanses for everything you've done past, present, and future. There's a sense of peace in that, knowing that, that his goodness to you is everlasting. The thing that uh, we find ourselves in is this. You know, the waters on the inside of us get muddled and ruffled, and the upper waters don't match, and there's not that connection point where heaven and earth can connect uh, inside and around and on you. I had an experience some years ago that I may have told on this forum, but I don't remember for sure, but it's, it relates to this subject of what we're talking about, and that's this. Um, back in the early 90s, we had a... a a season of time where we were waiting on the Lord, just praying and believing God for some promises for our area that we were living in at the time. And, um, you know, the 80s were filled with casting out devils and dealing with stuff. It just was the thing that we do back in those days. And we were doing an all-night prayer time and, and down praying at the altar and doing what we were doing in those days. And I had an encounter that was really kind of, it shook me. It was pretty interesting. It was early morning, and I was down there, and all of a sudden, the heavens, the atmosphere opened up, and I looked up, and I saw this flo this massive demonic thing. Now, you got to remember, back in those days, we were engaging with the demonic. We were dealing with, so what are we going to see? What are we going to deal with? That's the stuff that we dealt with. And so, you know, I didn't know what I know now, but that's what happened. And it was like one of these big parade floats that floats over the city during like the Thanksgiving Day Parade or, or whatever parades you're familiar with, they blow up and they're huge. And this one was like a great big huge Buddha greasy belly, black sooty looking thing with this big Cheshire cat smile on his face. Like it rub his belly and, and just, and had this weird look. and. The thing about it, it was so massive and so big, and I'm looking up, suddenly having this strange sensation. If I can see him this clearly, he can see me this clearly now. And I began to kind of freak out a little bit, and I was kind of crawling under the altar rail, just like thinking about all this. And um, yeah, we were all mighty and powerful. We'd cast devils out of people, and it was great. 
But this encounter was actually spooky to me. It was like, what am I engaging with? It's like huge. And so I sit there for a minute, and I finally asked the Lord, I said, why is that thing so big over our region? And what came back was this. It was an eye-opener. He said, it's my people operating in the works of the flesh have fueled and fed the size of this thing. It wasn't outside stuff. It wasn't outside sin. It was the people of God working the works of the flesh that had caused this thing to have such massive size over the area that we were in. Fast forward to today, that same principle works that when you operate by the fruit of the Spirit, when you operate from shalom, when you operate from a place of congruency, individually then as a people, much like they did in the upper room, you have the opportunity to set in government the kingdom of heaven, the righteousness of God over a region and an area and over your own lives. You become that rulership in that place as a mature son sitting in the throne, releasing uh, the realms of heaven over a region. It begins to take over. It doesn't take thousands and thousands of people. If a small group would band together, the results would be amazing. And if you individually and yourself would do it, you would draw others of like heart and mind around you. The thing that's really interesting is that so much of our stream of people and our things that we do, you know, we've gotten so much into things other than the basic foundational principles of salvation, which have a place and function. Aleph Bet, when it creates and functions according to the blueprint of wisdom, there's sound and frequency and vibrations and different colors measure different vibrations. And all that's true. Those are logistical foundational building blocks of creation, geometric structures, all of that thing. But what I find is a lot of people begin to look how to tweak those things instead of going back to the basics and getting the cleansing power of God working on the inside of them. So they're in balance, they're in focus, they're working with the peace of God that passes all understanding, keeping their heart and mind. We need to come back to the reality of who and what we are, how we gained access to Yahweh, how we function through the blood, through Yeshua, working in our lives, the sacrifice that was done that gives us access so that we can just ascend into the place of the heavenly realms and function accordingly. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Love you bunches and hope you're blessed in a great day.